0: Welcome to Helpful Social Work. Social work has the power to change people's lives for the better. This podcast aims to help you learn, think and act with integrity so people who need social work get help that will transform their lives. I'm Jo.
1: And I'm Jerry, and this is podcast 9B from series 3. Last podcast 9A we talked about crisis intervention and we are coming to the end of series 3. We only have two more podcasts after this which will be about closure um, and... review of the year so we're starting to think about series four which Mm. is almost unbelievable that we're we're there already and thinking we might do something around the life course um and also difficult topics so things like racism and colonialism and um
0: asylum seeking and how we treat refugees
1: homelessness those kind of topics so Do let us know if there are things that you want us to tackle um, and to be thinking about the social worker role within those topics. And you can let us know what you think by visiting our website, which is www.helpfulsocialwork.com, commenting on iTunes or on our Facebook page, which is Helpful Social Work Podcast.
0: Well, this week it is a B podcast, so we're looking at what we can learn from other disciplines. And we're going to look at systems theory And this is quite exciting because I'm going to find out if I even know what systems theory is. Um, It's one of those things which I think I've got a good grip of and then sometimes I feel like it slides away from me. And so as a practitioner, my working definition has always gone along the lines of we're all interconnected to each other, to the communities we live in, to the environments we're taking from, to the politics that are making decisions that impact upon us. I've always used eco maps to try and map different systems um, that were cycling around and impacting on children and families. I understood if a family lived in a neighborhood with poor resourcing, with little transport links, high unemployment, and they're in a minority group, that systems that they were part of were gonna have a pretty profound impact on their day-to-day life. And that these would be overlapping with family dynamics because there's internal systems and the supports and resources that they have at their disposal. And together all of that would make up the context into which the family functioned so that's how I think of systems theory so Jerry let's see what the evidence says
1: Yeah, so we're going to start with a definition and then have a think about what systems theory usually means um, as non experts obviously we're not going to be going into lots and lots of detail and then we we'll think about well how does, how has that been transferred across into social work because just from what you've said it seems like there's a really nice fit Um, so the definition Mm -hmm. of system well there are lots and lots um, There's six different elements to the definition so the first one is that it's a group of interacting interrelated or interdependent elements that form a whole a complex whole um, and that could be ideas or um, some sort of form there's Systems that we use to configure or measure or classify things like the metric system. There are systems that are more like methods or procedures, so systems for processing stuff. There are um, systems around natural phenomena, like cave systems or weather systems. And actually, there's particular way it's used in geology. So you have rock strata grouped by time and Um, divided into different series and then there's a sense of system which is about how harmonious something is so does something seem like it's got system to it or not Mm. Uh, and can we make sense of it I guess and then there's also a way that we use it as a sort of them and us thing where we say oh the establishment the system you know the powers that be that kind of sense as well and all of these come from Greek, systema, which essentially means to set up or establish. So it's anything really that, that is set up or established. and It can mean more or less anything.
0: Yeah, and, and what I went, when you were talking about that, I went just straight into biology. Because actually my favorite textbook was The Web of Life. Um, And it was one of the few things I actually enjoyed about science was um, understanding how we were all connected, interconnected to each other. And of course, you know, you can bunch your animals and your trees and everything into different families and genus and species and all of that. And that's all all about systems. Um, It's about how we're all interconnected to each other. And that is so important in social work. You know, the health of our society families and individuals all
1: matter and we're truly only as healthy as the most fragile in our system and I think that's one of the thoughts to hang on to through this podcast and and certainly it's one that I'll take away because we're talking about interconnected things that impact on each other you could see in a social system or a system that involves people or creatures you know that where there's fragility actually anything where there's fragility the impact is going to potentially be greater and have cause harm or damage in ways that other bits of the system that are more robust might withstand and Mm -hmm. of course social workers work within a a society or a nation or a area or a group where essentially are we're called on to be a support to the the most fragile areas um, yes. to the people who are most marginalised or um, considered to be most at risk or have been most oppressed.
0: I think that's right. And, you know, it, it's it's um, key for us to realise that we are part of that system as well. Like, um, you know, when we think of changing dynamics and interactions within families and children's and adults' life, we can't char- change one part of that system without it having a knock-on effect with all the others. Um, So this means we need to be really mindful about our own impact. No intervention has a nil cost. It always has an impact. And we become part of that system when we start our contact with children,
1: adults and families. Yeah. So if we think about um, system theory can be used um, across a range of disciplines. And the aim of systems theory is to understand how a particular system works or, or how systems work in general. So there's both looking at a particular thing like weather but then there's also transferring what we learn across different um, disciplines and system in this kind of sense is an entity made up of different parts that relate to one another and the thing that's interesting here is the changes um, that are made affecting other parts so what we're interested in is is if we do something over here what happens over there Mm -hmm. and there's lots of concepts that go along with that so quite often People talk about there being some sort of boundary to the system. Sometimes that's a clear boundary and sometimes it's that we we put that in place so that we can start to model things. Um, Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's too complex. Um, We might have different layers in the system. Uh, We have this concept of homeostasis, which is the idea that things try to maintain themselves and have some sort of equilibrium despite external factors and maybe inputs coming into the system or outputs going out. And so the system kind of adapts. And so there's this word adaptation around changes that are made to help the system keep fulfilling its purpose. Um, and we also talk about feedback, which is where how, you know, there's a loop back in. So it corrects the system, corrects itself um, for what else is happening. It's really
0: interesting to think of our services, adults, service and children's services as systems Um and think about how long it takes a man-made system to adapt and change once it has feedback. Because one of the things I, and I particularly used to notice this when I worked in the disability field, we would want to create a new service because a need had come in. So it might've been that four or five um, babies had been born in that year that had a particular need that our service didn't cater for before then. And, What happened was we seemed to be very slow at adapting um, the edifices we'd created um, to move to what the system now requires. And so I think there's a real challenge in those systems we create, these big systems we create, how we put some of that feedback loop and how we put some of that adaption into those systems to keep them healthy.
1: Yeah, one of the things about... Uh, Systems theory, as I understand it, and you'll know from what I've said already that my understanding is is basic, is that as things are more complex, they become more difficult to model, of course, because the Mm. relationships and interactions are less linear and less predictable, but also complex systems that that aren't closed, you know, where things are going on that are affecting them all the time and they're changing, can have behaviour and properties that are really hard to predict so they'll change in ways Uh that we don't necessarily expect or can't predict Um, and so that word emergence um, there's behaviour and properties emerging that we don't know and we've got to be really able to spot things and be flexible in responding in those kind of situations and of course social care um, public sector generally is is fairly famous for not being quick Mm. for being sort of steady but not Mm. quick
0: yeah and 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 i think it can be a real challenge that we need to think about because you want of course you want to have robust systems and that was one of the things that you talked about in your um you know when you when you talked about the different um definitions harmonious interaction of order you know you actually do want to have A sense of robustness and purpose in the system especially in big systems so they can deliver things meaningfully but it does mean that one of the costs of that is a lack of
1: um a lack of adaptability i think that that we need to struggle with and this is interesting because when we've talked about this in when we talk about markets the sense of consistency the 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 kind of rub rub up against each other of consistency and innovation, those two words that kind of happens mm. a lot in our field. And I think the the consistency word is that we do really seek um, some stability and some holding firm, you know, in the real sense of consistency mm. to principles and values and quality. Uh, and we also recognise that if we're trying to be person-centred and we're trying to respond to emerging needs and uh, emerging understanding, new voices that we haven't heard before we've got to be innovative as well and that is attention to kind of manage those two things absolutely
0: but worthwhile doing and we've gone we've kind of taken system now haven't we to that kind of its biggest point but you know we can also think of for a lot of us our work is with the family system isn't it it's um moving back down to how family systems interact
1: yeah and in the 60s I find it really, really interesting now that we're so far into the 21st century that you almost need to say, "Then in the 60s of last century." <laughs> <laughs> and when
0: we were born, Doctor Bowen
1: applied systems thinking <laughs> to the family unit, and it it makes sense, doesn't it, when you think about what was emerging in sort of systems theory that you would think about. Oh, well, how about people then, and the family unit being the kind of logical place to look at? Um, that you think about the people with who somewhere within somehow within this boundary of the family. Um, that have that are interrelated but in different ways some of whom may be more powerful than others where there might be different layers where there are internal and external factors where there's adaptation um, and where if we want to work with people or a person within that family we've got to think about what's affecting it what adaptations are being made what behaviors and properties are emerging so it, it absolutely makes sense Um, to transfer that learning I think one of the interesting things of course is that our understanding of families what that is and who's family to who um, Mm -hmm. and our understanding of relationships and the way people relate is and behaviors is is you know moving really quickly
0: I think so too I think it's um wonderful actually um one of the wonderful things about thinking about your family as a system is it can allow for diversity you know, you can be and feel different from and yet still be connected. And I think, as you say, because understanding what families mean and who can make up a family and who can be in and out of a family um, is really changing. It's still that idea of that unit, um, that safe family unit. And in the safest family systems, I think there's a wonderful freedom to explore your own potential and yet still feel the safety of the boundaries surrounding you. and for us, in our work, we're often involved with the unsafe or the fragile family systems where what is required is for us to understand what a healthy system would look like for this family and to think about how we can support them to achieve that, um, keeping that kind of idea of families being a really diverse thing in mind.
1: And I think it helps us, that, you know, what helps us with that work, um, one of the things is thinking more widely about who family is are Mm. um, thinking about communities and friends and virtual relationships and our own relationship and other people. It's a family support system, isn't it? And you've always got to, we're always taught to be
0: curious about how a child reaches a certain age. So if we get a referral saying that there's a vulnerable child who's eight or nine, one of the first things you have to do is wonder what has been happening in that family to enable this child to have successfully reached eight or nine. And it's the same in old age, isn't it, that, you know, a person hasn't been in that frail state for the whole of their lifespan. They will have gathered all sorts of resources and strategies and systems around them, Um, and it's really mapping those and understanding those circles of support as early as you can and helping people draw on their own circles of support despite their changes. So, you know, still use the system even as they're adapting
1: and changing and I think it is strength-based in a couple of ways, isn't it? So it's not only that you find the resources, um, but also it's affirming and empowering for people to understand what the forces and factors are that are around them. Yeah. And it, it it means we have to work in a different way than just focusing on the individual, which is you know the way social workers should work. And that brings me into thinking about what we can learn from the way systems theories are used in organisations, because there's quite a lot, that we've come across, I guess, through management work, about thinking about how you influence within a system. Mm -hmm. And those principles obviously affect. you know, they're transferable into how we influence when we're working with a family or with a community. Uh, And I suppose the first thing is that we have to think about the fact that we've got to be working in an evolutionary way, because as we do something or change something, there'll be new consequences emerging. And if we don't follow up and see what's happened, then you know, we can we can um, do things that we don't intend or, or you know, cause impacts we don't intend. We do need to have a sense of what the whole, um, what the different elements are, as many of them as possible, because otherwise we won't we won't be working in a in a thoughtful kind of conscious way. Um, the idea that interactions are non-linear, so if you if you do something if you relate to someone here other things will happen in other places so that's really really important isn't it that made me think about yeah, if you're working with a family and you we tend to work mostly with mothers and not so much with fathers but mothers may have a lot of interaction with the father of their child and if we're not thinking about that then non-linear things will go on um, there's a sense that minor changes can produce major consequences or vice versa actually um, so, again, that's why you need to experiment and evaluate, isn't it? And one of the things that's really interesting about organisations or, or families or social work in general is that it's really dynamic. So I remember you saying to me before that you you might arrange things with a family and then come back the next day and nothing was as you left it. And that's that's just the way people work, isn't
0: it? I think that's exactly right. We're not static. We're just not static at all
1: and so if we're thinking about kind of solutions either in an organization or in a um, in practice those solutions arise from the circumstances they're not really imposed so you can't go in and put something in a system and expect a particular thing to happen you have to kind of look at what's emerging and those solutions will come from from the behaviors and and things that come out we also have to think about the history and the dynamic in the future and so that leads to a really interesting thing um, this is something that Senga wrote about learning organisations that hindsight doesn't lead to foresight and so understanding the past doesn't necessarily help us predict what will happen in the future because there's different things going on and that's, that's a little bit uncomfortable isn't it because we like more certainty than that.
0: Yeah, And, and, and certainly um, we like to and we have a habit of using systems theory to explain the past from the future you know, we like, we think it's helpful to understand patterns, um, but it's not always easy to, as it looks in retrospect, to understand what was evolving at the time. So
1: understanding um, how people have behaved in the past, it helps us to think about how they might behave in the future, but we've got to take into account the fact that people mm-hmm. will react differently depending yeah. on the, the the tiny changes or the major changes in that case to what's going on. And the, the King's Fund, uh, which is a, a think tank for health and social care in in England and the UK had some kind of helpful suggestions for how you would uh-huh. work in a system. So the first thing is make connections, but make them across the piece. So you, like I say, you wouldn't just connect with the, the child and the parent, you connect with other people who uh-huh. are in the system. Be curious, they talk about an open inquiry mindset, but really that's that's curiosity, isn't it? That's our professional capability. Uh-huh. Um,
0: and i like refusing to be constrained by current horizons
1: yeah so if you impose a boundary on what you think the system is then you'll limit won't you the options yeah. that you've got got to be able to cope with uncertainty and be positive about the fact that there might be change and they talk about an entrepreneurial attitude which i kind of think of as this sort of experimental not not playing with things but trying things out openly and honestly and transparently and talking about the impact of that.
0: Mm. Having a go, actually, is what it is, isn't it? Without feeling the need to know exactly what's gonna happen as a result. And as you say, being able to say to people, this is what I'm thinking, this is why I'm thinking it, this is what I hope will happen. Are you okay to give that a go? And This is where we might go.
1: And they, they also talk about bringing in diverse views, distributing decision making mm. uh, because people in different parts of the system will have different ideas about what might work and that's really important for us isn't it in terms of the empowerment and enablement that we do mm. and the other and I thing
0: love... sorry Jerry I just I love the idea of diversity being non optional yeah 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 it's absolutely. not an option it's an absolute necessity for a healthy system for it to be diverse
1: yeah. And then the final two things they talk about, are things that we've talked about before, which are the, you know, the vision and the values. Um, if you want a system to evolve in a particular direction, everyone's got to be conscious of what they're trying, where they're trying to get to. So that uh-huh. those adjustments and adaptations are in a particular direction um, and the values are really vital because... Um, Otherwise we can end up manipulating this is one of the things I worry about with this kind of thinking is because you can do something over here and it has effect an effect over there if you're not really really ethical and careful about um, about your behavior you can manipulate people
0: yes I, I think I think you're completely right and I think there's lots of examples of um using an understanding, a good understanding of systems theory, to be manipulative. Like you know, how we sell things, how we buy things, how how we communicate with each other. There's whole industries made up of understanding how to how to move things around, how to make a system nudge people into behaving in a certain way. Casinos. Um, Shops that let off smells from the bakery, you know how you, you when you go in the door you can they they pump the bakery smell to the front of the shop to draw you in there's all sorts of things that are happening, and that's that's system manipulation isn't it
1: yeah, and Sanger, who wrote about um, I say about learning organizations has some really strong principles, so um, be open and be asking about what's going on, find out what the consequences are of what you're doing, mm-hmm. monitor impacts. Um Don't just think about short-term changes or fixes, and we are a bit fixated on that in social work, aren't we? Think about what the medium and long-term consequences are. Take responsibility rather than asking or kind of, I guess, even manipulating other people (laughs) to fix Mm. things. Um, Be realistic about um, and honest about what resource and effort is going in. And then just keep sharing information and have relationships. And he also says about don't talk about them and us talk about we and I think that's really good for social workers isn't it? because we go into work with people and we might well even in a real really relational work have a sense of I'm me and you're you you know there is a them and us whereas yeah. if I think I'm going into this household or this community and I'm part of it it's really yes. different
0: I think that's right. And we often um, hear, you know, like we often use that in our training approach too. When we go into an authority, we talk about we in the authority. And that's that, you know, deliberately acknowledging that by entering that workplace, we've actually become part of that workplace. Um, we were going to talk a bit about
1: Monroe, weren't we? Because the seminal work by Ali Monroe, which was the review of child protection, is called yeah. a child-centred system. Yeah. And it uses the word system over and over and over.
0: Yes. that's that she, she. What she was trying to do, I think, was really help us to understand that we weren't just kind of um, individuals running off doing different things, that there was – and we didn't need this piecemeal intervention, but that we needed to take this approach where we were actually – really thinking fundamentally about the points that you just ran ran across on the top there, um, that, you know, it was all about having a relationship, about talking about being we, about understanding that you couldn't change one part of the system without it having an impact on another part and that, we you know, that we needed to make some really good healthy changes right across the system. We tend to... Like we often try to fix social workers, or try to fix families, or try to fix funding, instead of think, or how are they all interrelating with each other? And it, and it's to me, it's for my money, it's still one of the best pieces of work out
1: there. Yeah, and Munro um, concluded or identified that there was a defensive system, and mm. that what was missing was a real focus on the child all the time Does not to say that there wasn't good work or there isn't good work um, but the, that that the child wasn't put at the centre all the time and that professional expertise wasn't valued so people weren't working defensively and weren't working mm-hmm. with the full potential I guess of the system yeah, if you look at the whole picture and think about what can each part of this bring that's really different from how do we avoid bad things happening. And she also talked about using systems methodology in serious case reviews. So if something goes wrong, not just looking for whose fault it is or what the approximate cause was, but thinking much more broadly about the factors around things going uh-huh. wrong. And of course you talk about looking at the factors around things going right as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something we still struggle with, identifying what's working well and understanding how to build on the strengths. Because if you do that in a system, it can lead to a healthier, more dynamic system. And actually, that's the other thing. If you focus on the strengths and identify what's working well, then the bits where there's flaws and struggles, they come out as well because because you know you're looking over the whole system, you're looking at what's working well. well, what you're left with are the bits that you need to be concentrating on. So I think if you always go from a strength based approach and and we talk a lot about having a strength based approach, but our language is often still a language of blame, and our language is often still a language of deficit. So there's a real difficulty even you know people don't ring us normally unless they have a problem so the first we ever hear of somebody is normally when there's an issue or a difficulty or a deficit that they're experiencing in their system
1: yeah we focus on that bit that's not working don't we rather than looking around at all the other bits that Mm. can help it the things i did want to talk about in this podcast is this phrase it's the system which i think is I don't know if it's less common now, but it's something that I used to hear and and really hate in practice. Um, Oh, I can't do anything about that. It's the system. And you hear it in other other fields as Uh, well, don't you? uh, uh. Uh, And it's essentially kind of saying that things are out of our hands. And so I suppose it's a difference. It's the balance between acknowledging the system and kind of abdicating responsibility for influencing it.
0: It's, it's As you say, it's a way of, of stepping away from the responsibility for, for influencing it, and yet, you know, you can bring in new factors, you can adjust the relationship, you can open boundaries, you can actually make sure that you're doing everything you can to have an active involvement with that system. And for me, it's about how do you disrupt systems. Um, we go to such efforts to maintain systems, but we don't think enough about how to use disruption as a healthy challenge to stagnation. We often use tools or techniques or approaches that maintain the status quo and fit into the current system. Yet for many of the children and adults that we're serving, it's these systems that they're experiencing as oppressive and impossible to navigate. So it would be in their interest to actually think about how we can disrupt that system. And, you know, stability really matters. I understand that, especially to developing children. But everything they are doing is disruptive because growth is disruptive. So if you think about the lifespan theory, you can see how we're all growing and changing our whole life long. You know, humans don't ever stagnate. The person I am now is not the person I was a decade ago or the person I'll be in a decade. You know, I've said I'm holding up for wisdom, but, you know, so far, <laughs> five decades in. But, all of this is, um, all this change is to be celebrated, actually. And the systems around me that I impacted on and that impact on me are changing and challenging and adapting as well. So there, there is no such thing as
1: passivity in the system, I guess. You know, that
0: kind of, oh, well, it's just a system. That's how it is.
1: Mm. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Because if you think about the social work role again, some of our, our role is going to be shoring up systems, things that are, you know, a bit fragile or a bit broken in places or need a bit of um strengthening in places or a bit of scaffolding, but fundamentally sound, and some of it will be disrupting things that actually are not healthy um mm. or not you know, are are oppressive um not empowering, and identifying ourselves not just as change agents in terms of um, changing you changing elements of the status quo but also change ages sometimes changing what the status quo is
0: Mm. and it's the wisdom to know the difference isn't it that's what I'm hoping for the wisdom to know when should I be helping people disrupt things and challenge things and when should I be helping shore things up and make things more stable and that's and that's a real and that is a real partnership job you can't make those decisions by yourself. You have to be attending to the whole system to do that. And I mean and systems work is about partnerships, isn't it?
1: Yes. And we've already talked we're going to talk about some tools and approaches. We've already talked about ECOMAPs and Genograms, which I still think children's services are much better at using than adult services in this country. Um although my colleagues in adult services are way ahead of my practice um and what, what my practice was in this appreciative inquiry, we've mentioned before, and that's the you know, way of looking at examples of good work, things that are working and extrapolating from that to understand mm. how we can build on that and spread that across. You've got a few things here which I don't really know anything about.
0: All right. There's um, family sculpts. And this is where um, instead of spending all your time talking and um, trying to either write down or use a lot of language, you can actually... Get a family to show you in a sculpture, like a living sculpture, how they relate with each other, um, or and you can get caseworkers. So if you've got a group, working together and they're really struggling to describe what a family is like they can sculpt that family so they can all play a part and shape themselves in different ways how much distance there is between them how much they're touching each other how how much they're facing each other it can give you it's a really visual way of understanding the system um, the other thing is sand play, where you can help children build their world in, the, in a bucket of sand or in a box of sand, using different animals and different figures, so that they can actually show you what their world looks like. And that can be a really fantastic piece of work to do. You then stand on a chair and you look down at their world and you get a real vivid sense of how they're experiencing day-to-day life. Um, and then the last thing for me is political activism. I mean, yes... It, some systems need disrupting and challenging and good old-fashioned political activism and grassroots community work where we're listening to what people are saying about how they're experiencing their day-to-day life and either supporting them to challenge or supporting them to shore up i think that's really important
1: so there was a couple of points i just wanted to finish up with to say really drawing on what we've talked about firstly Yes, things are complex, um, so let's recognise that and let's not try and kind of impose narrowness or neatly simplify by kind of imposing systems. Um, But let's also not say that it's so complex that we can't do much about anything um, Mm. because the effort to describe, the effort to understand it, the effort to make change is empowering. Um, and And then if we do go in as change agents, we've got to work in partnership, we've got to be really conscious of our role and be be aware of the impact of our work.